welcome to Into the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual believers and listeners, I would like to once again share a fresh rhema word from the Lord to me, which I'm going to share with you. As you know, I've talked over and over again about my awesome mother, Esther Williams. She's just phenomenal. She um, was a teacher for the Department of Defense for almost 30 years in Germany. She um, was a nurse for about 15 years prior to that. She raised three wonderful children, <laughs> which I'm one of. I'm the eldest, um, Dr. Edith Davis, my middle brother, Levi Williams, um, awesome man of God who died in 2017, and my baby brother, who was a veteran, is a disabled veteran, and served in the Army for almost, I guess, over 20-some years. So she raised good citizens and people that loved Christ Jesus. My mother and father were religious about taking us at that time. I was Roman Catholic, and we went to Mass every Sunday. We did not eat meat on Wednesdays and Fridays. And every Sunday after church, we drove to Atmore, Alabama, and visited the matriarch, um, my my big mama, her eldest sister, Mary after Pamore. My mom and dad were hard workers. They gave up buying a brand new car for them and instead sent us to private Catholic schools, which was a, made a big difference in our lives and, and gave us all the project, projection um, to go to, well, we led us all to go to college. We were projected to go on to go to college. So because of our education. And now, through COVID and all sorts of things, my mother is now living with me. And it was a lot longer than I anticipated. And I've, I adore my mother, but it's another thing living with someone 24-7, especially when they're sleeping in the same bed with you, right? And my son was in one bedroom. My daughter was in the other bedroom. So my mother ended up sleeping in my king-size bed, and she loved it because she had um, 20-some brothers and sisters, so they had um, a lot of close-knit community bedtime. And as time went on, I had a—the first thing it, 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 approached, it did to me was my intimacy with the Lord because early in the morning or late at night, I would— sing songs to God and worship God. And, you know, it just, we just had a lot of personal, quiet, intimate time, Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit and I. And when my mother came, I couldn't sing because it might wake her up. So that really kind of started the thing. And then as people age, you know, my mother is extremely bright and she's physically in pretty good shape. However, there's the things of missing silverware and missing towels and, and a lot of other things that come along with people who are aging. And 
at times I'll, you know, I'll repeat stuff over and over again, but then after a while you get exacerbated and you don't, mom, this is my seventh time saying this. And so God had been working on me to be more gentle, to be more kind, to make sure that my mother's latter days are better than our former days. And I found myself sometimes um, getting upset um, because of the repetitiveness of telling someone something over and over again and not being able to find a fork or a spoon right after you bought a whole set of silverware and not being able to find a towel to dry off with because it's gone. And, and so... I finally just started crying out to the Father and Christ Jesus and Lord God, Holy Spirit. And I said, you know, God says, you say you love me, but how can you love me if you can't love your mother the way she needs to be loved now? As a child, when you look at your parents, they're indestructible in your eyes. They're, you never see them aging. You never really see them getting weaker or or not having um, the mental capacity that they had in, in the past. You always see your parents, at least I did and I do, see them as in, indispensable, in, you know, almost perfect, you know, strong, courageous. They take care of you. They got wisdom, insight and understanding. And all those things you think about when you think of your mother and your father, Right. So as you age and they age, they become more childlike. But one of the things that really, you know, of course, I'm very close to my mother, so I'm ultra sensitive to her, is when I give a correction, I say, Mom, no, no, you didn't see that movie in Germany. It was just created this year. Or no, Mom, that car is not the same car that every time we leave the house that's by our side and... And so when I'll say that, sometimes it hurts her feelings. I can feel her prickling up. And um, and that was really bothering me, too, because I didn't want to hurt my mother. I don't want to hurt her feelings, right? So I, so I talked to the Holy Spirit, and I talked to Daddy Uavi, and I talked to my Lord and Savior Christ Jesus, and I said, help me, Lord, help me. To be more sensitive, to be kinder, to be more, to be more gentle with my mother and start seeing her through the correct lens and understanding that this is not the same mom that, that, you know, took care of me when she was in her twenties and thirties and forties. This is an older, she's much older now and she needs me to take care of her. And if I love you, Lord Jesus, and I love you, Daddy God, you ain't by, and if I love you, Lord God, Holy Spirit, then I need to love my mother. I need to be kind to my mother. I need to be gentle to my mother. And so after chewing on this and meditating and struggling with this, this morning I spoke to my mom and I said, Mom, it doesn't matter anymore to me whether or not you knew the movie was made in Germany or not. It doesn't matter to me anymore. If you say that car was with, by our side that the same day, same car, it doesn't matter to me more about the silverware and the missing silverware and the towels. And it, the only thing that matters to me now is you, Ma. 
That's the only thing that matters to me is my mother being happy. And I'm going to continue asking for guidance of the Holy of the Holy Spirit and Christ Jesus and the Father. And how I treat everyone, but in particular, how I treat my mother. It's been a, a much, a, a big transition for me because I also have a 23 year old son who, um, I finally had to ship off to his father. Um, he had lived with his father when they were in New Orleans when my former husband was the vice president of facilities at the University of New Orleans. And so he worked there with his father. But then my former husband fell in love with a beautiful lady. And I don't know her, but, you know, she's got to be nice. And um, he went to Houston. And, of course, Joshua was left behind and was homeless, unbeknownst to me. So as he was crying out to me saying, Mom, can I please come home? I didn't know my son didn't have a home. And so I, when I did find out the second time, because I found out the first time and Warren had said he would, you know, make sure this didn't happen again and happen the second time, I knew that he had other responsibilities now and that Joshua, I needed to kind of focus back on him again. So I had an agreement with my son. The agreement was he has $40,000 to go to college um, and he's to go to school and go to church. Of course, do stuff around the house, clean your room, you know, the basics. And for the first year, my son did these things. But then he got with some people. And, you know, sometimes I always say he gets with the wrong crowd, but maybe my son is the wrong crowd. I don't know. But the long and short of it is, is that he stopped going to church and he stopped going to school. And then he would go to these other kind of little mini programs and he needed to get certification and, you know, but I, I I was struggling with this. And of course, you know, he looks at me through the lens of mom that always takes care of him. Just like I look through my lens at my mother as Esther, the woman that always took care of me. And so as I was crying out to my son, my health started um Breaking down after I took the vaccine, I had side effects and um, I'm still, you know, struggling, trying to get back to normal again. But the long and short of it is, is that I needed my son's help and he was more of a burden to me than help. And he's 23 years old now. So this is a young man. Now, this is not a, my baby, little baby. And I finally, you know, he came home and and not and smelled of something. I think it was I don't know exactly what it was, but I didn't like the smell that was on him. And I knew then that he had kind of lost respect for me. And I just said, Okay, Joshua, um, that was it. I called his father. I explained to him that he wasn't going to school, he wasn't going to church, and he was coming to into my house being disrespectful because I I tried to I try to practice what I preach. I try to walk upright in my home in front of my kids all their lives. Now, am I perfect? Heck to the double no. But I try. I, I just seek the, whole, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, my children have been blessed. I have been blessed. The Lord has blessed us 
with so many wonderful things that God just takes so good care of us. I just think of Daddy God, you ain't by, hey, Lord God, Christ Jesus, and Lord God, Holy Spirit. One of the things my children benefited from was I walk in healing. I I can pray and pronounce and cancel out cancer and pain and all sorts of things. So as I laid hands on my kids over the years, they would automatically be healed. And of course, as they got older, God did not let me just lay hands on them and heal them because he was trying to train my kids up to lay hands on themselves and to be prepared to lay hands on others. This is the legacy to be carried on from generation to generation. And so my son basically um, was just didn't feel like he had to do anything, didn't have to clean his room, didn't have to take out garbage, didn't just didn't, you know, and it was time for him to go. So it took a while. He was supposed to leave September the 30th. He was still here. He was supposed to leave October the 30th. He was still here. Um, and But my former husband said he will be gone by November the 5th. And November the 5th, he had head, headed to Houston, Texas to live with um, for a period of time with his father and his second wife, um, Kathy. I think that's her name. And um, and he took his dog, PJ, which I think PJ is a therapy dog for him because he go, went through a lot of depression, bouts of depression, and PJ has been a blessing to him. So PJ is um, also in Houston. And that is tough love. I mean, my son thought that he could stay with me forever and continue behaving like a child. But I'm not doing my son any service. Matter of fact, I'm doing him a disservice if I don't put him in a position where he has to start becoming the man of God that God ordained for him to be for the beginning of time. So um, I have a daughter and um, she's doing okay. She's having bouts of depression as well due to some of the side effects from covid one of the people, things that people um, who don't understand is in the case of the young people that when COVID hit, they couldn't have their graduation. They couldn't have a prom. Um, then when they got to college, when they went off to college, when my daughter did, she went off to college, they, they were in the dorm room the whole time online, um, primarily taking classes online in their dorm room. So, the whole thing about college is not just about knowledge and, and, and getting the degree so you can get a great job and be a, uh, a contributor to society in a positive way. One of the interesting things is that you develop these awesome relationships. You, you develop relationships with like-minded people because they're in college too and they're trying to better themselves and be able to be uh, positive contributors to our society. And that was totally disrupted. Um, a lot of these young people, including my daughter, don't have a posse. I have a, I had a posse from just about every university that I went to. 
I have my University of Miami posse. I have my um, Stanford posse. I have my Baylor University posse, but not as much so more at Baylor because I was by that time in the doctoral program and was a wife with two little kids. You know, so it was not quite the same as living in the dorms, living on campus and growing up, part of the growing up period. But I appreciate to this very day, I talked to one of my posse members from, from the University of Texas Austin, University of Texas Austin posse, um, Linda, my dearest, one of my dearest BFFs. We talk just about every day, right? She's brilliant and, um, you know, investment banker at one time. And it's just been a tremendous blessing to me as a friend. And she also has a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, we um, share the, the insights and understandings that the Holy Spirit has given us, and we help each other. We pray for one another. My daughter doesn't have that. And so now she's going through um, bouts of depression and things like that because she does not have the relationships that you would normally have prior to COVID. So all these dynamics are uh, floating around me. My mother, my son, my daughter. And now I have my students, right? I'm a professor at Florida A&M University. And I have these wonderful men and women who are going to be change agents wherever they go. And of course... I want to, once again, have the Holy Spirit use me in a mighty way to be a positive influence on these young people and help them do their transition from college into the real what world. All of these things have been on my mind. And one of the things that I got is that I need Christ Jesus. I need the Lord God, Holy Spirit. I need Daddy God, you And I thank God for the holy angels. Um, I need them to help me navigate and walk in wisdom, insight and understanding and knowledge in, in these relationships with my mother, with my son, with my daughter, with my um, superiors on my job and with my students. I need, I need to navigate and walk in wisdom, insight, and understanding and knowledge in my relationship in the body of Christ. That's right, the church. Awesome to Sunday was our pastor survived almost. It should have been, he should have, he should have died, but he didn't. God spared his life. The angels guarded and protected him. And he is standing up today in church alive. That's God. But we need to handle our relationships in the body of Christ in wisdom, in insight, in understanding, in knowledge, the spirit of the Lord, the quick understanding and the fear of the Lord. Yes. Yes, we need to do that. And we can't do it without God. We need his help. So it's 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 important. It's important 
that we seek out God's knowledge. There's a, there's a scripture that's been ringing in my spirit. And as I go through these physical um, things in my body and these spiritual things in my spirit, as I'm being transformed, is God, Daddy God, you Lord God, Christ Jesus, Lord God, Holy Spirit. They say to, he says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Now, I didn't say my people are sick, which they do. They get sick because of lack of knowledge. My people are are poor because of lack of knowledge, because that's true, because they don't handle their finances properly. But God said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. That's dead. That's dead to the dead dead, right? That's you are out of here, right? And... I, I looked at my brother Levi and my brother, my father, James. Um, I looked at both of them and how they perished for what? Lack of what? Knowledge. Lack of knowledge. I look at my situation. God gave me the knowledge, but I was foolish and didn't walk in it until I started having pain. And started doing the research and got the knowledge and then walked in it, which is wisdom. So what am I saying to us today? Daddy God, you hey by hey, Lord God, Christ Jesus, Lord God, Holy Spirit has spoken to each and every one of us. He's spoken to us about something that we need to deal with in our lives. He's spoken to us about our relationships. A lot of marriages perish for what? Lack of knowledge. If I had the knowledge I have today, I wouldn't be divorced. But I didn't. And so that's why I um, did the book, the audio book. You can get on Amazon and some other um, audible websites. And that is How to Divorce Proof Your Marriage. And God gave me a direct download on how you protect your marriage. No one explains hardly anything to anybody before they get married. And and if you have a mother and father and you were raised in a home, you still don't get the insight and understanding of how the dynamics of marriage and how it really works, even though you're a child in the middle of a marriage, right? No. No, it doesn't work like that. You have wisdom. You have Knowledge, insight, and understanding. God has blessings that He wants to bestow upon you, but you've got to believe it and you've got to receive it and you've got to walk in the knowledge that God is giving you. Wisdom is taking that knowledge and actually applying it to your life. It's not an accident that you see some people happily married for 50, 60, 70, Years. It's not an accident that you see some people, children flourishing, not perishing, being um, key um, contributors to our society in a positive way. It's not an accident that these individuals are um, positive um, examples and do wonderful things in our communities. It's not an accident. God has given us guidelines, and some people call it the Ten Commandments, and we're not under the law. 
in the new covenant. But if we look at that with the proper perspective, they are guidelines to ensure that we have a glorious, abundant, happy, fulfilling life. If you go against any of those, wherever there is the breach, you will see death and destruction come. And it impacts the community. What do you mean by that, Dr. Davis? Let's say, you know, um, you're an alcoholic. Okay? You are addicted to alcohol. And you've been struggling and struggling and struggling and trying to get rid of it. But you're so much of an alcoholic. Or I guess what? You could also be a, a um, gambling addiction, um, a gluttony, all of it, anything that's in excess. But in the case of alcoholism, if you, when you get under the wheel of a, when you get in the car and you take that steering wheel, you could hurt or kill someone, not only yourself, but others. That's a perfect example of disobeying God's guidelines on how to treat your body impacts you and the community, people around you. And then think about if you die in a car crash, your, your wife and your kids, your grandkids, if you, if you get made it that long, um, are going to do without you. My people perish for lack of what? Knowledge. I look at the breaches in my past life, and I'm just going to be talking because I'm, I'm focusing on the future now, and I know that God has a plan for me, a good plan for me. And I know that I'm going to have the abundant life. My latter days are going to be better than my former days. But I go back a little bit for you guys' benefit, and I look at every breach in my life that the walls came tumbling down and I was, the enemy came in and devoured and destroyed my marriage. He tried to destroy my kids, but he couldn't get them. I kept the wall up. But, you know, it's, he it tried to de destroy me and my body because of sugar. Couldn't walk away from sugar. And now I haven't had, you know, I don't have desserts and things like that anymore. And it's been over a couple of years now. But, it's only through God's grace and mercy that I could do that. And I could have had his grace and mercy to do that a long time ago when God told me first, stop eating sweets. Right? So, he's spoken to each and every one of us. And we need to listen to him and ask for his help. Ask for the Holy Spirit's help in obeying God. Because God... Love is obedience. If you, if you, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. And guess what? He's not telling you to obey things that are going to hurt you. God's telling you things to obey things that are going to help you, strengthen you, give you a strong marriage, have you raise godly children that are going to be major contributors to society. I, Went to see the part, the second um, 
version of the Black Panther yesterday, Wakanda Forever. And what was really awesome was how it showed the generational um, transformation of people, how um, values and 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 the way of living for certain people are carried from generation to generation. And and what is really awesome was how the queen tried to guide her daughter, the princess, to walking in nobility and in grace and mercy and moving forward with her life. And she was really grieving her, the king, her brother's death. And, and uh, she felt, I think, some condemnation because she was trying to get him a new heart in time, which, you know, was unable to do that. And so it's been awesome to see how she sacrificed her life for someone who was not in her family, right? This gifted young um, genius at MIT, how she, you know, protected her as much as she could until her death, her untimely death, and how her daughter, once again, was taking up revenge, right? And, and wanting to destroy instead of forgiving and um, living the more abundant life. The good news is towards the end, the daughter realized the princess who now is queen, she realized that that's not who she was. She was not a person of revenge or things like that. And so she... She basically made the right choices and didn't choose revenge. She chose to forgive. She chose to live for others, and she was rewarded. I'm not going to be a spoiler, but don't leave the movie. See it all the way through the credits, and you'll find out something very great about um, Black Panther, um, Wakanda Forever. I don't want to end this broadcast without Romans saying Romans 10 9 that is if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved you are saved thank you for once again joining me on Into the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM Wave 94 Dr. Edith Davis. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be.